All right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. I am one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, proprietor of Dave Marketing, marketing um, spe- and marketing specialist and media specialist, all around good guy. And um, yeah, that's enough about me. I'm gonna let Lynn. <laughs> I'm gonna let Lynn talk about himself over there. I'm hanging with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. What's going on, man? Hey, Dave. Everything is good. This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guy, DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist, all-around good guy. How's it going, Dave? Happy, oh, good, happy post-Thanksgiving. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. it was good. It was good, man. Every, every day, is, you know, Thanksgiving is always a great day because you get to do something that everybody loves to do, which is eat, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so that, that uh, is true. Yeah, and and yeah. See, see family and friends. Yeah, hopefully, and friends. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully. Well, yeah, and watch football and all of yeah. that kind of stuff. So, because um, I'm so, sure, I'm sure some people dread it going to to Thanksgiving because there are certain family members they did not want to see. I know. Uh, I did hear a horror story. I did hear a horror story from a friend of mine that uh, told me that he went to uh, a Thanksgiving. Um, he went to his brother's house for Thanksgiving, and his brother invited his ex-wife. Oh wow! Who they Special recently guest. got divorced? They recently got divorced like a uh, about two years ago, and since then he got engaged to somebody else. Who and she was there. He brought he brought to Thanksgiving for the first time to his brother's house, and the, and... the brother didn't tell him. Nope. What? That's no. shady. That's shady. Yeah. yeah. And, and he thinks the brother set him up, you know. So he he's not speaking to the brother right now. And but he was he was not happy about it. And of course, the ex was throwing all kinds of shade towards the new girl and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know they 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 tolerated each other, you know, uh, at that event. And the new girl was mad because she didn't know that. Why are you telling me your ex wife was going to be right. here? So I didn't know she was going to be here. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, so it was it was really crazy. So Thanksgiving can, you know, of course, you know, you can have those mixed flavors in there. You know, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So it was it, it was interesting. He told me. Well, well, Dave, you know, Thanksgiving I feel is also the event where all your families and your business where they're saying you ain't married yet, you don't yeah. have any kids yet, you yeah, ain't got a yeah. man yet, you ain't got yeah. no job yet. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's crazy because you get all, especially those big uh, Thanksgiving um, events or whatever. I know um, it's it's really a shame when you hear um, those kind of things. <laughs> you know, you, you people get into people's business like that. You know, and you can't get around it because they're going to ask you a bunch of questions. But, yeah. but and was, they're, they're, they're going to ask you in front of everybody too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they want they want they want your answer. They figured if they ask you in front of everybody, they're going to get an answer. So, but hey, you know, they, you know, the holidays are just different period. You know, when you get to Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, and you're around family and friends, it's always going to be something that's going to come up that could cause right. some issues or um, that type of thing. So, but it's all good because the main thing is the food. And that's if you get to eat, you're happy, you know. 
there was a football game on that day. I watched football and uh, the games wasn't all that good. I mean, you know, I mean, but of course the great game was this past Sunday when the Eagles mm-hmm. beat Buffalo in the pouring rain. And, um, you know, one thing I could say, you know, we, we kind of take the Eagles for granted, you know, because we're used to them winning now. That game was crazy, man. Did you watch any of that game at all? Yeah, I did. So I actually came in on the backside of it. Um, we were going out to eat, and I just happened to um, – we walked in the restaurant. There was 58 seconds left. The <laughs> Eagles had the ball. They were down by three. And I was just like, yeah. man, this is crazy. Yeah, it, 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 it was crazy. And then uh, that's when they kicked the field goal, right? Um Yeah. Yeah, um, Jake Elliott kicked the fifty-nine yard field goal, and thank God for him, man, because they got one of the best field goal kickers in the league. And that that dude is a beast, and he's he's matter of fact, the year they won the Super Bowl, it was a sixty-yard, sixty-one yard field goal that he made that kind of helped propel them towards the Super Bowl that year. So, um, mm-hmm. so the Eagles have been blessed with having, uh. A uh, great field goal kicker and, of course, a great quarterback because that guy at the end, man, he was he was all world. He showed up at the Sixers game last night and them people oh, were nuts. Yeah, they, they you know, he's he's sitting there. Apparently, he's a Kappa because it looked like he had a Kappa jacket on. Um, mm-hmm. But um, he uh, they acknowledged that he was there and then the, the crowd stood on their feet and started doing the eagle chant and all. It was crazy. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> coach came, the coach went over door at the end of halftime and took a picture with him. <laughs> the coach was at, was fanning out with Jalen Hurts. <laughs> you That's know, crazy. So, so you imagine, you imagine, you imagine being Jalen Hurts. You ain't got a ticket for the game. You walk up to the window and, and the, you know, the say you're the window taker, you know, you might have your head down. Oh, uh, is there a chance I can get a couple tickets for the game to get inside? <laughs> and you look up at this jail and hurts. What you gonna right. tell? <laughs> yeah, you know, of course. Oh man, 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 just go ahead in. You good? You good? You good? Right. You know, so, so, but um, yeah, um, but they got a big test this week. They got to play San Francisco, and San Francisco is probably the team that everybody is feeling can beat the Eagles. So we'll see what happens this week. So, and then Dallas next week. So that's going to be crazy. So, um, but it is what it is. And, uh, we've been, uh, fortunate enough to have a team that's 10 and one for the second year in a row, they 10 and one. So you figure they've only lost three games. Yeah. Out of that's crazy. Games, man. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but <laughs> Let's go birds. We'll see what happens. So, but here we are. We're back to uh, another news and trends with Dave and Len. We want to thank everybody for hanging out with us and listening to us. And as we uh, get back to our grind. So we got a few stories that we want to talk to you about today. Um, oh, by, by the way, we didn't talk about the weather. We 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 look like we're getting into our winter phase right now, man. It got a little cold out there today, huh? Yeah, a little, a little bit, but I mean, not not too bad. But they talking about a snowstorm, um, mm-hmm. maybe heading up this way from down south. Did you hear about that? I did. 
Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll see. I ain't ready for no snow yet, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not. <laughs> you know, so. But we'll see what happens. So, all right. So, uh, we got a few stories that we want to talk to you guys about today. And um, I, I kind of came across this story, and I wanted to just just kind of talk about the backdrop of it for a little bit, and then you and I can have a discussion on our thoughts about some of the things uh some of the people that we think about when it comes up to this so the the topic is which rb singer is the most important to their group and this is kind of a discussion type thing and what they're making a reference to is um you know the different groups over the years we've had we've had a lot of groups you know um you know, of course, back to the heyday of the 60s and the 70s, Motown especially, and so forth, where we've uh, all the way up into a presence where we had a lot of groups who had um, um, great lineups as far as the group is concerned. But then some at some point, maybe the lead singer or one of the members who, one of the more talented people in the group might have left and went out on their own and you know whether you know you think to yourself how valuable that that person might have been to the group um you know did the group was the group able to keep going after they left or were they different afterwards you know and just to name a few here's a few people that you can think about you know who were in groups that might have that ended up leaving the groups um to go out on their own dawn robinson from en vogue Teddy Raleigh from Blackstreet, uh, Ralph Tresvent, New Edition, Cisco Drew Hill, Beyonce, of course, from Destiny's Child, um, uh, Brian or Brandon Casey from Jagged Edge, Left Eye from TLC, Slim from 112, Coco from SWV, Ralph uh, Raphael Sadiq from Tony Tony Tony, just to name a few, you know of uh, the the high profile people that were in mm-hmm. the groups, you know, because of course we can name some other people who were who were just as um, high profile, um, but um, I'm just saying that you know when you think about it, I was like. Um, I was looking at the story and it says, let me just read this right here. It says, hmm, there's a lot to think about here, but let's lay out a few things. The graphics doesn't say uh, anything about the solo success or how huge the artist might be become because of the group, but it is um, at, at its most basics, which person listed is the most important to their groups. So no, the answer isn't automatically Beyonce, though you could make an argument. We'll get there. Everybody is, um, listed is not always important to the group's success, but essential um, to it. But in order to make a, a, a pick, we have to get rid of some folks that this will hurt. Me and it says well, this guy said it will hurt me more than it will hurt you, and he goes on to talk about some of the, some of the groups and some of the, 
people that left the group. So what I let's let's do this. Um uh let's take some of the the bigger groups and just kind of have a discussion about the people that might have left the group. Um if the group, you know, survived afterwards and you know, um was it a good move for that person to leave? Okay. Since we talked about Beyonce, of course, Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Destiny's Child, you know, you had the original lineup of Destiny's Child, you know, they had Latavia and Latoya Luckett in it before Michelle Williams joined with Beyonce and um, Kelly Rowland. Then, um, of course, you know, the... Uh, there was the split up of the original lineup and uh, they did a couple of variations and eventually ended up with Michelle Williams coming into the group. When Beyonce went out on her own, of course, Beyonce became even bigger. Um, But both Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams have also had solo careers. And done pretty well themselves. Um, do you think that Destiny's Child could have survived with Beyonce not being in the group? Hell no, <laughs> Dave. Name 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 one Kelly Rowland song. Oh, Kelly's had a few songs. Okay, name one. I mean, I can't tell you the name. Okay, of it, name, but I can, I, name, but I name one Michelle song. Williams. Name one Michelle well, Williams. Michelle song. Williams has made her 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 money on the gospel, mostly on the gospel side. But name okay. name one song. Um, I can't name a song offhand, but I have heard some name, of her na- songs. Name one Beyonce oh, okay, well, solo. I, I, I get. I'm I get just where saying. You're going. I get where you're going. Okay, but I'm just saying, what if? Kelly and Michelle stayed in the group and they brought in another. You don't think that the group would have been no. successful? No. Okay. Be, 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 right. to, to be honest, when I saw this question and you read the other people, Beyonce was the only one who I felt. I mean, to be honest, all the other people you said, I, I don't even feel like they worthy talking about. Oh, really? No, because I mean, I, I didn't feel that they were that compared to Beyonce and Destiny's Child. I feel like there's no comparison to one person being the most important to the group. All right, let's 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 challenge that. Now, I could I could go back further, but you I I know you don't know a little bit. I don't know if you, how much you know about the Temptations, but when David Ruffin was kicked out of the group, the group was able to survive after that. But at one point. They thought a lot of people thought that they wasn't going to be able to survive because David Ruffin was basically the guy in the Temptations, but they did survive. The Temptation, um, but as we, I'm, I'm going to leave the Temptations where they were because that that's the more my time and not your time. But I'm going to bring it forward. They mentioned, um, let's talk about Cisco. Um, you know, when he was with, um, um, oh, why can't I remember the name? Drew Hill. Drew Hill. Um, Drew Hill was done after Cisco left. Um, 
because Cisco was getting all the attention. And then Cisco went on to have a decent solo career for a couple years anyway. And then he kind of faded out. But he definitely was the 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 star of that show. They couldn't bring in another person to replace him and they still be Drew Hill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Same thing with, I mean, Teddy Raleigh in Blackstreet. He was the star, of, you know, even though they all, you know, Dave Hollister and you had. Uh, all right. So, Dave, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Who, which R&B singer was the most important to their group? Your Your, your opinion. Who was the most important? Well, I mean, when you look at it, when you talk, well, of course, Beyonce too, Destiny Child, like you said. Um, I have to include Cisco in 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 there because Drew Hill didn't go nowhere after Cisco left. Um, <laughs> Bobby Brown thought he, <laughs> you know, Bobby Brown thought he was uh, the man when he left. He left New Edition. Of course, it it was a good move for him personally because he became Bobby Brown. You know what I mean? He became the guy. But it didn't hurt New Edition because New Edition just brought in somebody else and Johnny Gill and kept it moving. Um, they mentioned we they talked about Left Eye and TLC. TLC is still going today, even after Left Eye has mm-hmm. had, has died. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Uh, is SWV good without Coco? No. They couldn't I mean, bring they, they couldn't I'm, bring anybody. They couldn't bring anybody in to replace her. I mean, but they they're still going. They they got that reunion tour. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Coco know where the money is coming from. Is the money comes from them three being together? You know. Um. Um. I guess the biggest example, and going back to what you said earlier, is Beyonce and 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 Destiny Child. I mean, the, the, I don't know if there's a bigger example than than that as far as what has happened, as far as the you know, as far as somebody leaving a group. I mean, Dawn Robinson, who was with um, Dawn Robinson, who was with um, um. I can't remember. I tell you, don't get old. You forget things. Uh, I'm already there. En Vogue. En Vogue. Uh, Dawn Robinson with En Vogue. Dawn could sing her, but all them girls could sing. But when Dawn left, En Vogue just went to a three instead of four four girls. They went to three girls, and and they still continued on. Um, now, the twins, Brandon and, and Brian Casey um, from Jagged Edge, of course, they were jagged edge, you know. So, I mean, you take them out of the group, that's a whole different group, you know. So, same thing with Slim from 112. I thought one he, him, and a guy like Raphael Sadiq, you know, Raphael Sadiq left Tony, Tony, Tony. They try to put another person in there and call it Tony, 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 but they're not Tony, Tony, Tony without Raphael Sadiq, you know. So, um, 
you know, so it's pretty interesting because nowadays, I mean, the groups today, you know, you don't really have, I mean, when you look at the groups that are out there performing now, you don't have like one person that really stands out anymore. If you think about it. Right. Um, and that made all the difference. That makes all the difference in the world. If You know, Beyonce, of course, Beyonce is Beyonce. Uh, I heard there there was rumblings about them probably doing another album together. Uh, why would she even do that? I mean, <laughs> what's that going to do? Yeah, I mean, nostalgic, but <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, overall, she, she don't need to. I feel like she she she's just throwing them a bone, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah. what it would be. That's what it would be, and it, and it's a nostalgia record. People, I mean. Don't get me wrong. People would love to probably hear another uh, Destiny Child album, um, you know. But we know that <laughs> she does. She need to do it. We know she no, don't not need at to all. Do it. No, not at all. You know, uh, not at all. Um, so, um, but I just thought it was interesting when you look at these when you look at these groups and the people that are left groups and. And went out on their own, ventured out on their own. It's just, uh, you know, what how the success measures for them after they leave versus, um, versus how the group does when they're still together. So I I saw that article, and I I thought it was interesting to be able to check that out and and be able to put that out there as far as uh, the relationships that they have um, before. The be, I mean, before the group, uh, when the group was still together, and then after the group, after the separation in the group. So, I just wanted to put that out there. I'm sure people that are listening probably have some opinions on that as well. Um, thinking about some of the other groups. I mean, we didn't talk about all the groups, but I'm sure people have opinions as far as some mm-hmm. of the other groups that, because uh, I mean, well, I tell you another big one that happened, and we talking about Destiny's Child and Beyonce. When um, Diana Ross left the Supremes, that was a big thing. That, um, that, that, that I, was before our time. I know that, I know, but I know that was before your time. But it was still a big thing because when you go back in history, you know, when the Supremes were done after that. I mean, even though they went out, they still toured. Don't get me wrong; they still toured at the Supremes. But Diana Ross, oh. Speaking of Diana Ross, how can we forget Michael Jackson leaving the Jackson Five? Okay, I I I believe that's on Beyonce I, level. I, I get that thing. <laughs> when you say it's on Beyonce, uh, yeah. you mean Beyonce is on Michael's level? Yes. Yeah, let's put it that way. Let's be honest. You know, it, you know, uh, he he went out. He left the group, and he became even bigger than he was prior to. You know, we know how big he already was at that time. So, so, but you guys um, give us your thoughts on what you feel um, about that subject, and and let us know how how what your opinion is on on these groups and what happens when you have somebody leave the group. I mean, um, you know, New Edition had Ralph and 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 Bobby to both venture out there and do solo projects, but they came back into the fold. You know, um, well, Bobby had his 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 hit. I mean, you know, and did very well. But then, um, 
you know, they all, all of them ended up back with the group again, you know, because they know, you know, and BBD went out there and did their little thing too as well. But, you know, it's the group. Sometimes the group is bigger than the individuals. So, and in that case, New Edition was bigger than the individuals. So, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait to hear your feedbacks on, on how, what you guys think about that. All right, we'll move on to our next story. That's uh, up to I think that's you, right? Yeah, so um, the next story is one I thought was very interesting. <clears throat> um, two points of view on this story to kind of have a quick dialogue about. So the story is four Black women purchased a, a D.C. apartment building for $75,000 in 1986. Now the building may be worth more than $1 million. And Dave, you know, I, I thought this was a cool story because there are four black women who were friends. Um, I think one of them is a sibling. Um, yeah, so um, two of them are sisters. And when they bought this six unit apartment building in 1986, they lived in the apartments. So, of course, they lived in four of the apartments. And they rented out two of the apartments per the article. And one of the things that they said is throughout these 40 years or almost 40 years or as long as, you know, they all stayed in the apartments, not only were they friends, but they supported each other through death, deaths in respective families, illnesses, raising children, um, you know, as well as their own respective families, um, they witnessed the birth of their own children and their grandchildren, as well as, um, you know, being close to their friends as they had their children and grandchildren. And Dave, you know, I, I, I think that's really cool because you know how we always talk about it takes a, a village to raise a family. Right. You know, they they really created a village atmosphere in that apartment building, not only did they own it, but they lived there as well, which, you know, I, I, I think is, is really cool. You know, it's kind of like, Dave, can you imagine when you were, let's say, early 30s and your three best friends lived like on your same block, maybe one across the street, one next to you and one, you know, two doors down? You know, can can you imagine how that would be kind of growing up? Well, not growing up, but you know, raising families with your friends, you know, you know, raising their families kind of close. Yeah, that that would be pretty, I mean, pretty cool. But but then, you know, you also got to understand, I come from a time where that kind of stuff kind of went on all the time, you know, yeah. as, you know, right. where I was coming from, you know, and, but, you know, this is pretty unique because I, I was looking, as you were talking, I was looking at the story and I think it said here, there was also a guy involved in the purchase too, right? Um, uh, I think that might have the, been um, somebody with the uh, either the legal help they got or the financial help they got. Yeah, because it mentioned uh, he was a student at Howard University. What's his name? Tim? Tim something? Let me see if I see it. You see, you see what I'm talking about. Uh, per the Washington Post article, Maude Patterson. You see that part right there. 
Yeah, yep. So I guess there was someone else who did um, contribute to the purchase of the building, but they no longer live there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but then it said that now some some of them are still living in the building, right? Yep, yep. So they're, they're basically selling, <laughs> selling it because, you know, they're getting older. Said one of them was close to 90 years old. Wait, hold on. One of them is close to 90 years old? I think so. Let me just confirm. I feel like I saw that in another article, but this article doesn't mention ages. Oh, I thought they were students themselves when they bought it. Um. Okay. Well, that's 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 definitely, and the so, wow, that's deep. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I I thought it was just a um an interesting story, and you know, we talk about um oh man, what is that uh mm, I was trying to think of the Kwanzaa terminology for cooperative economics, right, right, but right. you know, this is definitely a you know them bringing their money together and buying something. Yeah, and but, well, apparently they must be they must be they they got to be older because it says um. Prior to retirement, all four women maintained full-time um, full jobs, all while managing the building. Right. Which uh, one of them called their second job. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah um, wow, that's, that's deep. Um, yeah. Oh, they sold the building, though. Well, um, they're, they're selling it. So it says once the building is sold, they plan to move into a senior housing complex in DC. <laughs> a senior housing complex, right? Right. right. <laughs> but now, Dave, so now, you know, that was the feel good part. Now, the other part that kind of took me off guard was okay, they purchased a six unit apartment building in DC for $75,000. Close to 40 years later, this article says, it may be worth more than a million. So in, in essence, they're saying that it may not be worth a million dollars, which I, I cannot see because I know the price in D.C. has skyrocketed in the last 20 years. So I can only imagine the last 40 years. But, but didn't, elsewhere, it say some, didn't it say something about it selling for <laughs> like close to two million? No, they said there was a um, there was another property that recently sold, I guess, oh. in the area for two million. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I mean, long story short, you know, I don't know. I feel like if I bought something 40 years ago for seventy-five thousand dollars in DC, North um or the Northwest. Well, oh, I, I forget Northwest. what part of D yeah, but yeah, Northwest DC. I feel like Dave, that needs to be guaranteed two million plus, not maybe worth a million. Yeah, and believe me, because obviously these women are black women, so right. You know, we are we already know if it was somewhere else in other ethnicity that it would probably be easily two million plus. Yeah, because Dave, you know, on top of that, and I mean, we don't know whether these are one, two or three bedroom apartments, but 
what, what just take a wild guess. What do you think a, a two bedroom apartment in DC would go for? Oh, nowadays? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a two bedroom uh, apartment easily. You you starting you starting fifteen plus to to two thousand dollars. Yes. So we do two thousand times six. That's twelve thousand dollars a month they get in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, crazy. And and that northwest area, matter of fact, I, I um I've been through that area because that's where um I told you every now and then um I've gone to a few of the um. WNBA Washington Mystic games. Um, the girl mm-hmm. um, Elena Deladon from Delaware that played basketball for Ursuline. That's her team, and she's down. And that's where that stadium is, and it's in Northwest DC. And so I, I, you know, I'm sure I've been in that area where that air, that apartment building is. And you know, if you got a six unit place, and they've been able to keep that place up all this time. Um, um, I'm sure they're getting good money over there. I'm sure they've been making good oh, yeah, money. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm sure. You know, yeah. So, um, and especially even for them to move into, if they were going to move into the senior citizen um, retirement community, they're going to need money to pay for that because they ain't going to be cheap either. So, you know, so, um, but I mean, that's good. That's good that they were able to maintain it all this time and be able to, um, be able to have their families come up in that building and whatever, and still be able to make money off of it as well. Um, that, that's good. Uh, I'm sure. I wonder how their relationships have been over the years. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure they're good because they talked about raising their their children. She said, "We've been a family. There's nothing we have not done together." So, um, mm-hmm. I think definitely. You know, they've been, uh, you know, sticking together for sure. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, well, I think um, um, hopefully they get the money that they deserve for for the uh, for the building and that, they're, you know, they're not being cheated, you know, because we know mm-hmm. we know how, how sometimes these things can go. You know what I mean? Yep. So. Okay. All right. Great story. Great story. I appreciate that. Um, all right. I guess we'll move on to the next story. Um, and I'm going to read a part of this, um, you know, because I, I found this one really interesting um, when it came to just, well, I found it a, a really unbelievable, the story itself. So, um, so I'm going to go ahead and read part of this as to um, to let people get some backdrop to this. It says, law enforcement can seize your cash, your cash at airports. Now, you're a person that travels a lot, so this, you know, so this is something that you might want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. It says, um, law enforcement at Hartsfield uh, Field of Jackson, Atlanta International Airport regularly seizes cash from passengers without an explanation and getting that money back can be long and arduous process. 
In a Channel 2 Consumer Report, Brian uh, Moore Jr. told investigators, uh, investigator Justin Gray, that he had about $8,500 in cash while flying from Atlanta to Los Angeles to shoot a music video. But the money was seized by seemingly crooked cops. Um, Are we talking about cops or TSA? No, he said police. He said police cops. Yeah, that's what he said. Well, I guess they work for the airport, but he didn't say TSA. Um, Jerry Johnson was heading from um, Charlotte to Phoenix with thirty nine hundred five hundred dollars in cash to buy a truck at an auction when DEA agents snatched his money with no explanation. There's nothing different um, than being robbed. Somebody's come up, come on, come up with a gun, take your money, and then walk off. That's how he felt, he said. The cash seizures are allegedly part of the city's plan to crack down on drug smuggling. Now, I'm going to stop right there um, for a moment. You imagine you got all this money on you. They stop, you know, they check your stuff and they see the money and they say, oh, we're going to hold on to that. And they don't give it back to you. Not in the least, but I also can't imagine going through the airport with a ton of money. either. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah. $39,000. So I do know at least going through Customs International, you cannot have more than, well, I'm sorry. If you have more than $10,000, you have to um, report it. But And then I mean, what? And then what? They, well, that that's probably when they start asking. Well, you know, 10,000 is an IRS threshold too. So, you know, 10, after 10,000, they want to know how you got it. What's it for? You know, um, I'm, I'm not sure what their criteria is, but, I'm, I'm I'm sure they'll give you some paperwork and uh, you'll have to claim it on your taxes as income. Yeah, but do they give you the money back? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I believe so. I mean, via customs, I believe that, and you know, you can keep the money as long as you, and now if you try to hide it, that's different. But if you claim it, you know, write it down, you it, you'd probably just be like uh, winning money at the casino. They just give you a tax bill if you want enough. Okay. All right. All right. I get it. Well, let, let me let me continue with the story because I find it I find it a little interesting. Um, let's see. It says uh, we reported previously that the Clayton County Police Department in Georgia is accused of using the Jet Bridge um, interdiction program between fall of 2020 and spring of 2021 to conduct unconstitutional searches on mostly black passengers. During an eight-month um, span, a lawsuit against the department alleges that out um, alleges that out of 378 stops where the passengers race was documented, 56% were black and 68% were people of other color. These seizures do not meaning, meaningfully combat drug trafficking, but they do provide a financial windfall for the department by taking advantage of this permissive civil standards for access 
of of forfeiture and reluctance of individuals, particularly individuals of color, to challenge seizures, um, It says, uh, Moore said that when he was confronted by DEA agents, they asked if he was carrying guns or drugs. He wasn't, yet they still treated him like a terrorist or a criminal, he said. They pulled my money in, they put my money in a big Ziploc bag and they told me I was free to go. They were like, you might want to leave your leave or you're going to miss your, your flight said Moore, who was not charged with a crime. So they basically just told, they just basically took his money and never returned it. Yeah, I mean, that, that definitely, but, but Dave, think about it too. Think about you riding down, um, let's just say any random old Baltimore Pike, right? Yeah. And you get pulled over and you have $3,800, I mean, sorry, $38,000 in cash on you. <laughs> And, and and the cops find your cash, you already know, you know, they're, you know, they're going to take you in and they're going to hold that money and you're going to have to approve how you got it. Well, what if you had paperwork for it? Let's say that you just, that you just left, you know, that you just left a bank. You had paperwork that says that you were, that this money was being used um, to purchase something, whatever the case may be. And that you just left the bank and you have receipts for for the money. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. If you have paperwork for it from a like an institution, but um it, you know, if you're riding down old Baltimore Pike and they say where you get the money, you say Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah you, <laughs> you you already know you they're gonna follow up and knock on my door. I'm gonna be like Dave who? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. That you just leave me out to dry like that, man. Yeah, I, 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 I can feel it. But I mean, I think about it, you know, because that's a nice little racket there. So if you, if you have, like, you're on vacation, right? Um, a lot of people don't do the traveler's check thing anymore, you know, because um, that was the big thing to do back in the day. Is when you went on vacation, you get traveler's check, so you didn't have to carry a lot of cash on you and whatever. The case may be because the, the Travis checks were always taken, you know, pretty much everywhere. But, um, um, but when you look at when you look at now, a lot of people, you know, go on vacation. They'll take cash with them if they don't, you know, um, if they don't have a credit card or whatever, or you know, they might. I mean, if they have their their debit card, that'd be one thing. But some people like the floss; they take cash with them. You know, we know a lot of these celebrities always have cash on them as well. You know, I mean, I've I, I saw the story last week. I forget who it was. It was one of the celebrities got stopped, and he had like, oh, you know what it was? It was um, the owner of the the Indianapolis Colts got stopped uh, once. Um, they stopped him for a DUI. He said he had just had hip surgery. They made him walk the line and all that stuff. He didn't do a good job, and they took him in for a DUI. And he said he wasn't drunk, but he had been drinking. He had over fifty thousand dollars in cash on him at the time, you know. And uh, now they didn't. He they saw the money. 
um, he had, he was gambling. He said he he was he was on his way to a casino or something, or he just left a casino, and he was gambling. Now they gave him his money back, though they didn't keep it. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, you know, I don't know. If we would have got our money back, <laughs> but right, right. you know, you know, but um, you know, I don't. I mean, if you got two thousand dollars in your pocket, you go to an airport and they uh, you know, at the airport. They um, they said, well, what's this money for? And you say, oh, I just want to have some cash on me while I'm away. They take the money and and they don't give it back to you. I mean, that's kind of messed up. I mean, wouldn't you be pissed off about that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, okay. I mean, it. you know, that's what I'm saying, so. But anyway, I we can we can check and see how people feel about that as far as um as far as um the feelings as far as the um as far as going away. It, it will make you think about taking large um sums of money as you go away though. Uh, just being careful about um about that. You may want to get the money when you get to where you're going, <laughs> you know, and do what you gotta do then. So um, but just let us know how you feel about that as far as that's concerned. Um, 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 give us your feedback on that story. You guys are listening to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn at the moment. Um, we want to thank you always for listening to us. And uh, um, we are going to move on to our next story. Um, let's see. Um, and, and before I start this next story, I'm just going to say, um, I saw the other day, um, Byron Allen, we talked about Byron Allen in the past. He Mm -hmm. did a show. He has, you know, he has the, uh, black news network that he calls the Grill now. It's Mm -hmm. been changed to the Grill. They did something called the Grill Awards the other day. Very classy. I it's 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 the it was just good seeing a good award show again where you see like black excellence. They gave awards to Denzel. Oh no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm waiting to watch it on replay, so don't Oh you oh okay. No. All right. So you are you're aware of it though, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was really good and I'm just I, I just wanted to bring it up and just say um for anybody who gets a chance, and, and Leonard said he's going to watch it on, you know, uh, on demand or whatever, he's going to watch it on. Folks, if you get a chance to see it, please check out the Griot Awards. Um, it is really, really good. And, it, you know, that's the, you know, you long for those days where we used to watch the award shows and they had all the big time celebrities on it and whatever. You don't see that anymore. But the Griot, and this is going to be an annual thing. So, um, Byron Allen really, really is the man. I ain't gonna lie, he really is. And the stuff that they said about him during the award show is really, really good. So, I strongly suggest Leonard when you get a chance to check that out. <laughs> yeah, well done. Okay, all right, okay. Um, you know, it's um, uh, you know, that time if if you know what I'm saying, um. The um, 
I'm going to do the next story. Uh, the next story is um, a story that I came across. The long it's called it's about the longest running study of Black women's health. Just shared some major results. Um, this is about a 28-year Boston University study found that racism may play a bigger role in health outcomes um, than, than genetics or individual choices. So this is a story about, you know, about how some of the women are not getting the best care that they should get. Sometimes it has to do with race and has to do with some other things. So, um, by now, we all know that Black women disproportionately suffer from a host of illnesses and adverse health outcomes. Yet, we're routinely excluded from crucial research that can help us get some answers and work on solutions. Um, so this 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 is uh, basically talking about a lot of the things that black women are going through right now, you know, especially, you know, we've heard the story Leonard and I have talked about the the things with the hair care products and so forth. Um they're talking about when the black women are getting the go to the doctors to get the help that they need, that a lot of them are not getting the best care um, based on who they are because they're black women and so forth. Um, and I've heard this. I, there's a person who is a listener to the show. She lives in South Carolina. She has mentioned this to me. She has dealt with um, cancer herself. And she told me that she doesn't like going. She, she lived in Delaware for a long time. And she doesn't like going to doctors in South Carolina because they don't give her the best care. And they treat them like they're second-class citizens. Um, and I've heard this before around the country. It says... Um, Perhaps the most illuminating part of the research has to do with the role of race, racial discrimination in healthcare outcomes. Over the last 28 years, researchers were able to link racism aimed at black women to increase risk of diabetes, hypertension, accelerated aging, asthma, and heart disease. That's a lot right there. And they, they said it has something to do with that. Another major healthcare determinant uh, which researchers uh, attribute to structural racism is one zip code access to parts, grocery stores, grocery stores, and higher levels of air pollution impacts Black women's health regardless of their income levels and, um, that the researchers also found. We've come to realize how much one's um, neighborhood environment and social structures, rather than genes, prescribe help outcomes. So basically what they're saying is that there's a lot that goes into, there's a lot go that goes into the whole 
situation when it comes to getting the health um, involved, um, healthcare involved with um, a lot that goes on with black women and um, getting the proper help that they need. Have you ever heard anything like this or, or, or been situated, uh, heard any situations <laughs> with people, not you yourself, but yeah. I mean, I'm saying. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, I think, um, <laughs> So probably because, of course, we hear that men don't go to the doctor like, or I'm sorry, black men in proportion to black women don't go to the doctor as they should. And that black women, you know, they're kind of required to go to the doctor because they're childbirth. You know, I feel like a lot of what I heard around childbirth and black women having certain pain, certain symptoms and their doctors, you know, non-black saying something similar to it's probably not that bad. Wait it out. You know, you're not really experiencing that or, you know, just kind of downplaying what their symptom or pain level is. And um, yeah, so I mean, I've, I've heard that plenty of times and specifically regarding um, pregnancy and after pregnancy. So. Okay. Well, yeah. And that's the thing, because I know, um, I know with um a lot of people, because like I said, I know people that that have told me this, and it's depending on what part of the country you live in, and what area you may be, there is um definitely um despair, uh, disparaging um um differences as far as um the care that a lot of Black women get um when it comes to um dealing with um healthcare um concerns. Um I know um a friend of mine who lives um in Texas um um was talking about how um how um they their daughter, that's what it was, their daughter um was having a baby and how the baby was coming early. So when she called her doctor to let her know that she thought that she was going into labor, her doctor said was well, too early, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and she, the doctor's telling her, I, you can't be going into labor. Right. And so, you know, and they're having this conversation going back and forth. Well, meanwhile, she said, well, I'm coming in to the hospital. I'm going to go to the hospital anyway. The doctor was trying to talk her out of it. But she went on and went. Sure enough, the baby came wow. within, like, I think that I think her mother told me that the baby came within an hour of them getting there. Damn. I mean, so that's how far labor she was. So, and then um, the next day, they kicked her out the hospital. <laughs> Damn. And yeah. the baby. Yeah. You know why? Because the type of insurance she had. Wow. Only says she can only be there a certain period of time. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. Thank God the baby was healthy. Thank God, you know, that she delivered. But, you know, certain certain hospitals. Um, do you remember back when your children were born? How um, did, did um, their mother stay in the hospital for a long period of time? Uh, maybe a couple of days. I mean, I, I don't remember it being very long, but it, it was more than the next day. 
Yeah, yeah. And we'll see. And see, because they have, you know, according to the insurance that you have, you know, the whatever your coverage is, they have on there, if you have a baby if, and, you know, and has these checkpoints, if, you know, if you have a baby and this is, you know, this situation happened, this situation. So the baby's basically healthy. Then the mother is, seems like the mother had a normal pregnancy or whatever, that within a certain period of time, the mother is to be checked out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based on everything going right. Now, if there's some complications or whatever, because I know with uh, my youngest son, when my youngest son was born, um, the she, my my ex was like, you know, she wasn't feeling well because it was hard on her because it had been 12 years since her last child, since our last child. And um, we wasn't, she was told she'd never have a child, another child again. So, you know, so this was a big surprise, the pregnancy. And then it was really hard on her when she had the baby, you know. So she really struggled during that pregnancy to deliver. She has the baby. Um, she's there one day. And then the next day they tell her, okay, it's time, you can go home. Now, she's not feeling well at all, you know. And they they made her go home. They said, "Well, if you're not feeling well, you can come back and go to emergency." Mm-hmm. But the it was basically because, or you can stay, but it will be on your own dime. The insurance company won't pay for it. That's what they told her, and we knew she wasn't feeling well. Right within a week or so, she started complaining of headaches that turned into migraine headaches that led to a stroke. And she had a stroke two weeks, within two weeks of delivering the baby. When she knew her body, she knew she wasn't feeling well. She ended up in the hospital for two weeks because of having that child. So, and, you know, and we told the doctor, we knew she wasn't right. You know, but they they don't play when it comes to that insurance, man. If you is you know, now, you know, of course, you know, like I said, she is black, you know, and you know, I don't know if they do that with everybody, but they definitely got her out of there. You know, so so it's really a shame that we have um, you know, that the coverage is the way that it is. And people need to, you know, we need to call these these um, hospitals and um, insurance companies and everybody out, the doctors especially, when it comes to the care of, of taking care. And it, a lot of it has to do with the part of the country that you're in as well. Like the zip code does make a difference. Um, you know, profiling is real. Um, you know, you who would hate to think that somebody lost their life because their skin color wasn't right? Right. So um, I just wanted to bring that, you know, bring that, you know, I saw the story. I thought it was something that definitely uh, we need to we definitely need to pay attention to and call people out and make sure that people are aware of the situations at hand. And if there's something you and I mean, you could talk to the politicians. I don't know how much of a difference it would make these days. I mean, um. But we definitely need to regulate the healthcare field when it comes to making sure that it, there's 
that everybody gets treated the same way, you know. It's just like when you go to a doctor, um, don't you feel a sense of relief if the doctor is um, an ethnic uh, ethnicity that you want to deal with? You, no. you feel <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying right you know yeah. yeah yeah it does make a difference i mean it does make a difference and and of course you know because you know it's the same because we definitely look at we see a, doctors are a certain um ethnic group <laughs> then we say oh okay this person probably knows what they're doing you know you say to yourself you know that type of thing, or you feel more comfortable if it's with somebody that looks like you or whatever the case may be, you know, so, cause you feel they're going to know your struggle or they're going to know what you're going through. So, yeah. So, but, um, you guys definitely let us know how you feel about that, especially you women, I'm, I'm sure. And we have a lot of women that listen to the show. So you have to let us know how you feel about your healthcare and the way that you're being taken care of. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, uh, oh, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners whose birthday is today. Um, um, Charlemagne Parker. Happy birthday. Uh, today's her birthday. And, uh, so happy birthday from news and trends from Dave and Lynn. Uh, I guess that's his name over there. But we want to say happy birthday <laughs> to you guys. I mean, to you. Okay. Um, let's see. All right. We're today, um, today's, to Len's favorite part of the show. You know, yeah. uh, which no, is go, Dave's go corner. Dave. Dave, you, you got it right. <laughs> Dave's favorite part of the show. So, um, but uh, we're here at Dave's Corner. And um, Dave's Corner's question for today, since we just had Thanksgiving. Uh, I figured I'd make it an easy question. Leonard always be wiping his brow when I throw these questions out because he, you know, sometimes he, you know, they're too hard for him. So, but I made today's question pretty easy. What was your most memorable Thanksgiving, and what made it memorable? So mine, and and I'm, I'm going to kind of spin your question around to to suit my needs. Okay, but mine is really just the thanksgivings i had growing up so you know every thanksgiving um it was always either at one of my aunts my, my aunt catherine and uncle gus their house or um you know different cousins but you know that was one time where i was guaranteed to see my whole young family you know and you know now you know, I, I kind of wish I could go back and go through some of them times again. But, you know, because, you know, a lot of the family members have passed. And, you know, I think just with, uh, let's say, my generation, kids growing up, getting married. OK, now this year we're going here. Next year we're going there. And, you know, everyone's not in the same place like they were. So, you know, I, I really cherish some of those memories where I knew Every Thanksgiving, I was going to see every cousin, every uncle, every aunt, you know. So, um, you know, those, you know, I, I, I kind of cherish some of those memories now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I was going to take it somewhere else and thinking about how I would answer this question. 
And um, because I have, there are particular ones I can, that stand out for different reasons. Um, because, you know, certain people would drop by or those type of things would happen. But in thinking about what you just said, I go, I, I think I would go back to um, my most memorable would be um, my mother always would make certain things on Thanksgiving, but then the star of the show would be this applesauce cake that she would make. And I just remember how I would have a lot of my cousins would come by because they knew my mom was making this cake, mm -hmm. you know, and well, my mom always cooked a lot of food anyway. Um, and so it was always somebody coming by. Um, they knew she was cooking. They knew that the people would drop by. And but this cake, nobody was a cake that my. She got from her grandmother. And then um, my my grandmother used to make it. And but my mom was the only one that knew how to make it and made it, you know, like the the her her mom and her grandmother made it you know so everybody would always wait for my mom to make this cake and so it would always be funny because people would come by to get a piece of the cake or get cake sometimes she would make extra cakes and give it to certain family members people would always come by Leonard and try because what she would do she got smart because she used to make one big cake and then she would take the loaf you know, the low cake pans and mm -hmm. make about five or six of those, you know? Right. And it'd be so funny because we would all, every time somebody went in the refrigerator, because he would put them in the refrigerator, even in the refrigerator, every time somebody went in the refrigerator, we would have to go behind that person to make sure nobody would take one out and try to sneak <laughs> it out. <laughs> it was always funny because somebody was always trying to steal a cake. It was always, it was a, Funniest thing, my mom, we used to have to try to keep track of every piece that was taken. And it would be the funniest thing about how her family members would come in trying to steal the cake all the time. So, you know, so, but, you know, those, those kind of moments, you know, when you look at your grandparents and hanging out with your parents and all of that kind of stuff, you know, we don't have those moments anymore. No, they, 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 it's, it's, it's gone. It's, it's gone. It's gone. It's different. The moments that you have, like, I know, you know, when you have your kids and, you know, during the holidays, those moments aren't the same that of the moments that you had when you were coming up. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, and I just think that, you know, when it comes to traditions, family traditions, that they're gone. I hate to say it, but yeah. I I think I mean, they're gone. Totally different now. Yeah, it's totally different. Like the new traditions that people are doing. You know, you might. It's not even tradition anymore. It's like it's what we're doing today. Right. You know, um, the only thing I see people trying to do that might be a traditional thing that's been, you know, that's kind of come into. Uh, being done over the last you know few years is the the pajama christmas pictures uh, yeah 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 or or the sweater pictures you know people might all have the same right. sweaters on or whatever that's the only thing i see people doing now when it comes to the picture taking thing but as far as the 
the family gatherings and all of that kind of stuff. I think I think all of that is gone now. So so yeah, a whole a whole different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole different day and time. So, but anyway, but that you guys let us know what you guys feel um, uh, about that question and give us your thoughts on that question. Um, I guess um, you know, and tell us about your family um, Thanksgiving that you. I mean, your Thanksgiving memory that you might have had. And um, feel free to drop it in on our chat, um, you know, uh, you know, um, on either one of our um, pages or whatever the case may be. Uh, of course, we have the news and trends dot com. You can always go to for those who want to if you want to share any of our shows or whatever, feel free to go to that and do that. OK, um, that's it. That's it. And then. Um, and then um we'll go we'll go from there. So but um anything you want to add before we sign off? Yeah, uh, you know, Dave, I, I just hope everyone had a, a great Thanksgiving. And kind of like we talked about, you know, um cherish these memories because just like things have changed, let's say in our 30, 40 years. Can you make I mean I I can't even imagine what the next 30, 40 like. You know, they're going to be families probably getting together uh, through a virtual reality and AI and, you know, so. Yeah. You're right about that. That's so funny. That's basically what we're going to be looking at from now on. The traditions are going to stop. You won't have you won't have the families getting together like they used to anymore. And, yeah, everything is going to be done through AI and. Look, you'll be you'll be CGI your family into mm -hmm. into the into the frame, right. you know, just to uh, be able to do um, to be able to say, "Hey, I was with my family." You know what I mean? So that type of thing. So, but you know, uh, folks, definitely let us um, know what your thoughts are on, on that, and um, you know, definitely um, because we're curious to see if you feel the same way that we're we feel as far as it's concerned so but we thank you for taking the time to listen and join us today and um we really appreciate you um you know um we're hoping um we're probably going to do our anniversary show coming up next week so stay tuned for that and, and um you know um we'll go from there from that point okay anything you want to add um, I, I I just did, but yes. Okay, okay, um, all right. You know, cherish okay. those memories. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you <laughs> asked Dave. No, 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 I know, I know, I know. Anyway, anyway, uh, that's Leonard. That's Leonard Young. I'm David Coker. Thank you for joining us and uh, on news and trends with Dave and Landon. We'll talk to you next time. All right, take care. Join us next week for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.